Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. I was in Youth with a Mission or YWAM. Who's heard of YWAM? Yeah, and uh, um, I, I'd been travelling in Southeast and East Asia with YWAM, and I was passing through Japan. It's about halfway through my trip and I was passing through Japan and I met a missionary and uh, we sort of had a bit of fellowship for three odd days and I was getting ready to fly out of Japan to Hong Kong and I was praying for this missionary and I had the strong impression in my mind that I should give him all the money I had. And uh, it's amazing how voices can come into your head. And um, so I I wasn't too happy with what I was hearing. And so I prayed some more. And and, uh, because I wasn't sure that God actually knew what he was doing because I had had four or five more weeks to go and you don't do that on nothing. And um, so I, I, in the end, I decided I'd ask the missionary how his finances were. And he told me that he had a ticket out of Japan to one other destination, which he wouldn't be able to go to because you always have to have ongoing tickets. And he had no money. And so I realised that God had been talking to me. And um, isn't it interesting how we like to hang on to our money? Um, And so I gave this man everything I had. And it was meant to pay for my accommodation and food and whatever else for the next number of weeks. It was about four or five weeks. And so I had no money. So I flew out of Japan and got into Hong Kong and I couldn't go to any accommodation. So I had no money. And I couldn't buy any food or anything because I had no money. And I had to stay overnight in Hong Kong. So I stayed in the airport. And uh, when I was flying out of Hong Kong to Manila, I was sitting next to an Australian couple that had just done a worldwide tour. And so we talked most of the flight about their tour. And then uh, about an hour or so out of Manila, they said, well, what do you do? And so I told them that I was in YWAM and what it was and what I was doing in YWAM. And they said, how do you fund it? So I said I had a couple of part-time jobs and I did a lot of praying. Oh. And uh, then the plane started to descend into Manila and the guy leaned over to me and he said, oh, we've had a discussion here, have this. And he gave me a great big lump of bills, you know, money. And uh, it was a big lump because uh, some of it was Hong Kong dollars and you know that that's worth nothing. Hong Kong dollars are not worth very much, but there was other currency there and that paid for the rest of my trip. And what it taught me was... God's got my back, okay? God has my back. I I was in a situation where I had no bank account to go to to get money. I didn't have a card or anything like that. All I had was the ticket that would get me home. And the money that couple gave me saw me through all those weeks of the rest of my journey. And I arrived back in Auckland at Mangari Airport with four cents. 
And that's what it cost to make a phone call in that day, in those days. So I had enough money left to phone a mate to come to the airport and pick me up. I learned that God has my back and that whenever He asks something from me, I can actually do it. He will never put me in a situation that is detrimental to me. He will always ask me to do what He knows I can do. And so I've learned that God is a generous God. Would you agree with that? Yeah? Mm. When it's time of hardship, you might not think He's too generous, but He is a generous God. Let's pray. I want to thank you, Father, for the wonderful way you involve yourselves in our lives. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have our backs, that you care for us beyond our ability to comprehend. I want to thank you, Lord, for the generous way you act for us on our behalf. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that as we look at Scriptures today, we would be encouraged to be like you, generous in our hearts. Amen. Yeah. If I was to make a list of all the ways God has been generous to me, it's a never-ending list because every day there's something new to add to the list. And I, I am amazed at how he continues to be generous to me. I mean, I know who I am, and uh, God owes me nothing. Um, he's not obliged to be generous to me because I'm such a fantastic guy, all right? He's not. God is under no obligation to me. He does not owe me a debt, and yet he's generous, amazingly generous. I've had times of serious hardships. Uh, I've been seriously ill. On one occasion, I was on the point of death and God healed me, and that is fact. Um, uh, that, that was amazing. Um, I've recently been seriously ill, but all the time, I've been aware of the presence of God. All the time. In times of financial hardship, bad health, all sorts of things happening, I have been aware of the amazing presence of the living God. It's never left me. And uh, it's from the time I came to Christ, I wasn't always a Jesus believer. And Pastor John was there the night I became a Jesus believer. But um, right from then, I have never, ever been unaware of God. And that's 50 over years. He is loving and generous beyond our abilities to imagine. We can't imagine how generous he is. But I'm still constantly being amazed about his kind intentions towards me and what he keeps doing in my life. Constantly amazed. <clears throat> in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, this is what Paul wrote. In him we have redemption through his blood. That's in Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of our trespasses 
according to the riches of his grace, which he freely lavished upon us. Lavished, that's like being super abundant, extraordinarily wealthy in giving. It's God-sized giving. Yeah, now how do we measure God? We can't. So how can we measure the capacity of his heart to give? We can't. But we can live in what he gives and we can experience his blessings. His generosity is expressed through actions. Have you ever noticed that? God just doesn't say, I'm feeling generous. Oh, what a great, warm, fuzzy feeling it is. Generosity is something that we do. It's not a fuzzy feeling. And uh, the Apostle Paul wrote about that. You know, the Bible says that if you, your brother is sick and he's got no clothes and he's got no food and you pat him on the back and say, God bless you, brother, and walk away, when you've got dollars in your pocket, what are you doing? You're not blessing them. It needs action that actually expresses the words. So generosity, and my life story is that God has been extremely generous to me beyond what I could have expected. He has lavished his generosity upon my life. Matthew 25, 34. This is an interesting one because God's generosity is forever. He doesn't, when everything's all wound up, he doesn't sort of look at himself and say, I'll take generosity out of my life now. I don't need it anymore and throw it away. God is who he is forever. So his generosity lasts into eternity. Then the king will say to the people on his right, come, you that are blessed of my father, come and possess the kingdom which has been prepared for you ever since the creation of the world. God has a future for us that is an expression of his generosity. And it was wonderful to hear Thomas saying that um, he was able, he and Teresa were able to pray with Tommy. And, and, um, and he actually agreed with their prayers. That is wonderful to hear. Wonderful to hear. Because Tommy has a future forever that is born out of the generosity of God's great love. Yeah. <clears throat> Moses said, after he'd had an experience of God up on the mountain, and Moses was up on the top of the mountain and God came to him and God declared who he was. And in Exodus 34, 6, God declared that he was, and he still is, wealthy in loving kindness and faithfulness. Wealthy. How, how wealthy is God-sized wealth? Extraordinarily wealthy in loving kindness. God is wise with his generosity. I, I, I haven't asked for a Lamborghini, but I did ask for a Porsche. I didn't get either. <clears throat> He's wise. He's wise in his giving. And yet he's liberal 
in his generosity. And Jesus Christ himself is the greatest example of God's generosity. None of us deserve what Jesus achieved on our behalf. None of us. And yet he did it. He did it. John 3.16, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, the one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. When we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we will see that Jesus was generous. He was generous with many in many ways, particularly with his time. He was very generous with his time. And he was generous to people that he knew would betray him. He was generous to people that he knew would say, crucify him. Isn't that amazing? I find that really amazing. The ultimate expression of that generosity was that Jesus Christ gave his own life that we might have that forever relationship with God. He gave his own life. I mean, how generous is that? We can be confident and we can say confidently that God is generous. It is not dependent upon who we are. It is dependent upon who he is. God is generous. Now, the Bible states that if we are believers in Jesus Christ, that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwell within us. And here are some verses that say that. Romans 8, 11, Ephesians 3, 17, 2 Timothy 1, 14, 1 John 4, 12. So if he dwells within us, who would say that Christ dwells within them? Uh, this is a trick question, yeah. It carries an obligation, yeah. Okay. If Christ dwells within us, then surely he will express his generosity through us. Surely. Isn't that sort of rationally logical? And uh, so we would be, if we are Jesus believers, we will be generous. And it would be so true in our lives that we'd have to fight against it. I was uh, in a supermarket queue one time with Pastor John. I don't know if he remembers this, but there was a lady at the checkout with a big trolley full of goods. And uh, the till was ringing as each item was scanned and the dollars got higher and higher. And then she was told how much it was. And she went, oh because she didn't have enough money to pay for it. And um, so she started talking to the cashier about taking items out of the trolley. And Pastor John, he didn't ask how much it was, he just said, I'll pay for it. I'll pay the difference. And then he found out how much it was. Now, if it was me, I'd say, how much was it? And I'd pull out my wallet and go. <laughs> but he didn't even ask how much. He just said, I'll pay, and then found out how much. He was spontaneously generous. Now, the moral of the story is when you go to the supermarket, take Pastor John with you. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, <nah, nah. laughs> no. 
The moral of the story is that generosity will be spontaneous. He didn't know the lady. He never heard her name. She'd never met him. He was just generous, spontaneously generous. Do you remember that, John? No? Uh-huh. Mm. If you pay me some more, I'll tell some more. I've got some good stories about his generosity. <laughs> so I believe God has an expectation that if we are Jesus believers, we will be generous because it's an expression of his character. It's an expression of his character. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, this is what was written, but the Spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. The Holy Spirit forms within us the character of Christ. And and we become Christ-like. And we begin to live like Christ is within us. And part of that is generosity, kindness, and goodness. I'm really intrigued with something the Apostle Paul wrote. In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he said, Be imitators of me as much as I am an imitator of Christ. He didn't say imitate me. He said, imitate the Jesus you see in me. So Jesus can be seen in us. How? Nice smile? No. In the way we live, in the way we behave, in the things that motivate us. So we should be showing forth Jesus Christ. And one of the ways of doing that is generosity. So what would motivate us? Well, I think Jesus put a finger on that. He was asked the question, what was the greatest commandment ever given? And that's in Mark 12, 29 to 30. And Jesus replied, the most important one is this. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. God first. Our primary motivation in living as Jesus believers should be the honour and the glory of the living God. God first. Love for God. With everything I am, with everything I have, everything I possess, I honour him and worship him. Our number one priority is to love God. This is what Jesus said. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. That's an interesting one. So that's the obedience of love. The obedience of love. Our love for Jesus brings about an obedience within us to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like. Jesus said the second great commandment is to love others as you love yourself. Now I've heard people say that's the golden rule. All right, who's heard that? Loving others, you love yourself is the golden rule. That's not true. The golden rule is love God with all your heart 
And if you get that bit right, then you can love others the way you love yourself. That's an interesting one because I meet people who hate themselves. That's a very interesting one. Self-love. It's a gift from God. It's a blessing from God. So, I've got some examples from the Bible of generosity. The first one is hospitality. And uh, there was a couple that used to be in our church many years ago. Uh, They don't live in New Zealand anymore. But um, they and my wife Val and I were involved with the Overseas Christian Fellowship at Massey. And they wanted to invite some of the students home for lunch. But they had no money. They were quite poor at that stage. And so they approached us and said, look, we've invited you all for lunch, but we've got nothing. We've got enough to buy some saveloys. Would you bring the bread and butter? Now, most people think when they're entertaining, they have to put on a flash meal. Um, My wife's like that. And I benefit from the flash food. But in my mind, it's not necessary. And so this couple bought a couple of big packets of saveloys. And this is Chinese students who have never eaten saveloys, who never knew what saveloys were. So they had a saveloy experience. And we took the bread and the butter Now, the thing that came out of that was with that small group of students, we made lifelong friends. The Savaloys and the bread and butter didn't really matter. It was the quality of the fellowship and the genuineness of the giving hearts that won their hearts. And I'm still communicating with them. I've just had texts from some of them this week. And some of that group became church leaders in Asia. People of influence. Started with Savoy's and bread and butter. But it was the hospitality that that was the key. The warmth of the reception into the house. We have led people to Christ while we've been having a meal at our home. We've counseled people, prayed with them, seen God answered prayers. And we've made incredible friends because we've learnt the value of hospitality. And Paul wrote in Romans 12, help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. And uh, my Val can cook genuine Cantonese food and she cooked a banquet for a guy who said he really loved Cantonese food. And so she cooked, I think it was six courses, it might have been eight, and I was really looking forward to it. And so this guy came to our place and he sat down at the table and he said, what's this? We said, that, you know, that's Chinese food. He said, oh. And he couldn't eat it. Why? Because he thought Chinese food was chow mein. It was takeaways. That's what he thought was Chinese food. It's not. It's westernised rubbish. It's not real. 
But a lot of people believe it's real. So I had to get inventive. I had to go down to the local Chinese takeaway and buy some chow mein so he could have something to eat. And that's, you've got to be spontaneous when these things happen. And uh, it's like people who say they can eat curry and you give them a curry and they can't even go near it. So you have to be inventive sometimes. Sometimes you have to get a packet of saveloys. All right? But it's amazing what God can do when there's that kind of generosity in your heart. Giving to the poor. You need to do this wisely. Um, I told the first meeting a, a guy... I was getting some takeaways. They weren't Chinese, they were fish and chips. And I was getting some takeaways and there was a guy outside begging. And he said to me, oh, I, I, I need money for food and etc." And I said to him, I'm not giving you any money. He was obviously an addict. And, uh, but he, he said, oh, but come on, bro. And I said, no, no. So what I'll do is I'll buy you some food. And he hadn't expected that. So I took him into the fish and chip shop and I bought him some fish and chips and a drink. And then he, he left, and the lady that owned the shop said to me, do you know who that guy is? I said, never met him before. She said, do you know what he is? I said, yeah, he's an addict, and he wanted money for his drugs. And she said, well, why did you buy him food? And I said, well, why shouldn't I? And it was a mystery to her. So I told her about Jesus in my life. But that night, that guy went away with a full tummy. When you give to the poor or to people who are asking for money, you need to be wise. But it doesn't mean you don't give. Then there's acts of service, meeting the needs of others. And um, when I thought about this, I thought of Jesus. John the Baptist had been murdered and Jesus wanted to withdraw to a quiet place just to be alone with his disciples, just because of what had happened to John the Baptist. But a large crowd followed him. And instead of saying to them, look, I'm in, in a bit of grief here and I'm, I'm grieving, I just want a few days, come back in a few days when I've sort of faced it all. He didn't do any of that. He said, oh, what problems you've got? And he healed all their sick. He healed all their sick. Acts of service. <clears throat> James says in James chapter 2, that we need to be people who do good deeds, generous with good deeds. And a group of us one time, there was a widow in the church and she needed uh, assistance with a tree that had died and fallen over in a property. It was a big one. So we took out our chainsaws and we chopped it all up. It took a whole day. We chopped it all up and stacked it as firewood for her and it lasted two or three years. Now, Previously, before I knew Christ, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't even have noticed her. Wouldn't even have noticed that she was there. But good deeds. And then there's giving gifts for special purposes. And that is in the Bible, giving gifts for special purposes. But we need to have the right attitude. We need to have the right attitude. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, it says we need to honour God when we're being generous. Honour God. 
It's about him. Do you see that? It's not about us. It's about him. In 2 Corinthians, it says we should be cheerful. Uh, you know, who, who empties their wallet cheerfully? <laughs> I'm always counting how much is in it and can I afford this or can I afford that? But it's cheerful. Give it cheerfully. Because it's not about us, it's about him. And then it's about the other person. You give it wisely, but give it cheerfully. Matthew 5.20, Jesus spoke about our character, that we need to do things by faith in Christ, not to be by, like the Pharisees who did things religiously, but religiously missed the things they should have been doing. So we need to have right attitudes in our heart. The issue is not how much we have. The issue is how large is our heart. We were living in Asia and it cost a lot of money to do that. It cost as much money to send our kids to school as it cost our whole family to live for a year. And uh, accommodation was expensive and vehicles were expensive. And there was a lady in our congregation here who loved what we'd set out to do. And um, she gave us $5 a month. Now she was a pensioner and the only money she had was her pension. So I asked Peter Crawford, how much does that equate to today's money? And it's $26 a month. And when you've got nothing, and I assure you the pension is nothing, rates go up, price of food goes up, everything goes up, but your pension doesn't seem to go up. And uh, so she wasn't living excessively but she gave us the equivalent of $26 a month. And I can tell you that $5 was very, very precious to me. Very, very precious because we knew her circumstances. We tried to talk her out of it and she wouldn't listen. So that is why I say it's nothing to do with how much you've got, it's to do with how large your heart is. So whether we're giving our tithe, we're giving gifts of money, whether we're giving service to people or doing good works for them, we do it in faith. In faith in Jesus Christ. And we become joyful givers. When you start living like this, it becomes a pleasure to give. It really does. Joyfully generous because of our love for Jesus. So I hope today that the Scriptures, not me, the Scriptures have convinced you that God is generous, that we should be generous if we're Jesus believers because we love Him. So I'd like to encourage you today to think of what the Scriptures say because that's the heart of God. It's what God thinks. I'm just telling you a little bit of what He thinks. So if, if you're not too happy with that, you have it out with him. Because it's his opinion. But let us be generous in every way we can, not just with each other here, but outside of here. Outside of here. And let us, let others see the Christ who is within us.
the Christ who is within us. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.